When you're smiling. Hey, you. Bubbly sparkling water is crisp, refreshing, and perfect for any occasion. Kind of like my voice, but in a can. No calories, no sweeteners, all smiles. Bubbly. Crack a smile. If you don't know your numbers, you don't know your business, especially in today's economy. But over 31,000 businesses do know their numbers because they use NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite gives you visibility and control of your financials, planning, budgeting, and inventory, so you can manage risk and improve margins. Everything you need, all in one place. See why NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system. Right now, NetSuite is offering a -a one-of-a-kind flexible financing program. Head to netsuite.com slash offer. netsuite.com slash offer. Hello, movie lovers. Welcome to the Best Damn Movie Release Show here on the internet. This is your host, as always, for Movie Lovers Unite, John DiGorio. And for today's podcast, I'm actually going to be talking about Slipknot's new album, We Are Not Your Kind. And I'm actually going to go through a track-by-track list of my favorite songs on it. And I'm also going to be talking about the runtime. I'm going to be talking about soundtracks because of the fact that Slipknot was actually on a couple of soundtracks and everything, too, when they were first starting out. Not only that, but even later on, like in 07 whenever they had All Hope Is Gone, there was actually a song that they actually did for a soundtrack for that. And I'm actually going to be talking about does as hearing a certain song or score take you out of the movie whenever you hear it because it doesn't place well with the movie itself or does it amplify your movie-going experience. And I'm also going to be talking about, since I'm talking about Slipknot, i got to talk about horror movies because to me, you cannot talk horror movies without Slipknot, in my opinion, because of the way the mask looked, the way everything looks. So I'm going to be talking about how how movies, horror movies from the 1970s all the way down up to the 2000s have actually changed over the period of time. And is it actually a good thing? Has it changed drastically? I'm going to talk about all that. And so anyways, let me go on ahead and talk about the soundtracks that Slipknot was actually on. So, the first one I'm going to talk about is from the Resident Evil soundtrack, and I actually owned this soundtrack whenever it first came out, and I don't know where it's at now, because it's been years since I actually had that soundtrack. But anyways, this song is called My Plague, and My Plague was actually one of those songs that was, like, in your face at at that moment in time, and when Alice is trying to take down these these zombie dogs, and afford of zombies and everything you actually hear this song playing it amplifies your movie going experience in my in my honest opinion because of the fact that it's called my plague and then you actually get excited because alice is kicking some ass she's doing what she needs to do to take down these horde of zombies you're rooting for her the whole entire time and when the song shuts off you're back over to a more uh, a little bit of a more mellow mellowed self and everything because of the fact that there's nothing else playing and everything else it's just the actor doing whatever it needs to do to go to the next scene but to actually have the song on the soundtrack and everything was actually pretty cool during its time because Slipknot was just starting out and to have Slipknot on there and everything is just fantastic in my opinion because you actually need that and matter of fact My Plague is probably one of the good songs good songs besides Wait and Bleed to be able to headbang to and be able to be in a mosh pit with. And this, like I said, Slipknot does a fantastic job whenever they're trying to express how they feel in their songs. You can feel it with their pain, their emotions, and everything. And I feel like my plague is actually a good placement for Resident Evil. 
Now, the next movie I'm going to be talking about, the next movie soundtrack I'm going to be talking about is Rollerball. Now, I haven't seen this movie in years, but I do remember I Am Hate, and I remember it being in the movie, but during that time when I was a teen, it actually placed a significance on the film, and it actually did do what it needed to do, but will I actually feel that way now? I do not know. But I do have to say, I Am Hate is really good for its time because you have these rollerballers that are pushing each other down, trying to do what they need to do and everything for the sport. And it actually has some violence in it and everything too. So you actually do need to have the Slipknot song inside this whole entire thing to where you can actually feel the energy of the rollerballers whenever they're doing what what they're doing. So I thought that was actually a pretty good placement. But like I said, I could actually change my mind today if I saw Rollerballer. I'm just going by what I remember. And that's how I remembered it. Uh, The next one is going to be Scream 3. Scream 3 soundtrack. And I actually owned this soundtrack at one time. And once again, I don't know where that soundtrack is at. I didn't... And as a matter of fact, I just viewed the film since it got released in theaters and everything. I saw it on Netflix and I don't even remember the song being even on the sa- uh, soundtrack. Well, not the soundtrack, but on the movie itself. But that song is Wait and Bleed. I don't I don't ever remember it being in the movie at all. But it, sometimes they just put slap a song on and out on a soundtrack and everything for someone else to enjoy. And for that matter, I really like the fact that they put it on there because I think that having that song on there is fitting for Ghostface. Because it actually would in- amplify your movie-going experience if they had it on the big screen and everything. When you're watching uh, Ghostface kill some people and everything, "Wait and Bleed" is actually one of my favorite Slipknot songs from the self-titled album. And I remember hearing it on the radio and everything. This song was raw. It was in your face. It was everywhere. Wherever you went and everything, you actually could hear Slipknot being played over the radio airwaves and everything, and people just being amplified into it and everything, being dialed in, and it's perfect for mosh pits, it's perfect for headbanging with your friends, it has high energy, it's everything that you want from a Slipknot song, and that's how I love, that's how I like my Slipknot stuff, I like it raw, I like it in your face, I like the energy level, I like Corey Taylor's passion for, for this, I like Joey Jordison as a drummer, and everything back in 99 whenever they were first starting out and the drumming the execution the whole entire um riffs for the guitar and everything was just bought on and i'm like this band is gonna be huge this band is gonna be one of those bands that are gonna be sticking around forever and i'm glad i was right because Corey, in my opinion is an excellent vocalist he actually cares about what he's what he's performing he actually cares about the music he's actually making and he he's passionate about what he does and that's what I have to say why I like Corey Taylor as a vocalist for Slipknot and the next one I'm the next one I'm going to be talking about is Punisher Warzone Psychosocial now I didn't like the movie and I have to give Lexi Alexander some credit and everything. She tried. She really tried to make this movie good, but I'm just going to call it what it is. It's not that great of a movie. I didn't care for the way they did Jigsaw. Jigsaw is actually one of my favorite characters in the Punisher uh, comic books and everything. I did not like how they did that, 
But when you hear the song Psychosocial in the in this whole entire in this movie and everything, it does amplify your movie going experience. It does wind up being good placement for that song. And especially when Frank is over there killing everybody, stabbing them in the head, shooting them in the head, cutting arms and legs off and stuff like that. It actually it's actually fitting for the movie. It's just that the plot line and everything else is not good, in, in my opinion. Now, I'm going to be talking about Freddy versus Jason. Now, this is more like a slapstick comedy. I didn't care for it. I didn't care for the movie. I was excited for it because, in fact, I wanted to see these people, these characters face off against each other, especially whenever you saw the glove go up on Jason Goes to Hell. And then you see Freddy grab Jason's mask and drags him into hell with him. And then he winds up taking Jason and everything and waking him up. And now he's pretty much a Freddy's puppet to where he can actually put fear into the kids again because everybody on Elm Street because of the fact that everybody forgot who Freddy is. But it didn't, that movie to me, in my opinion, sucked. I didn't care for it. I didn't like it because of the fact it felt like more like a slapstick comedy. But anyways... With Freddy vs. Jason, the soundtrack itself, they actually have Slipknot on it, and it's called Snap. This is from the 1997 demo. And, you know, I actually listened to it recently and everything so I can get it in my head for this review because of the fact that it's been years since I listened to the soundtrack for Freddy vs. Jason. And, once again, the guitar riffs, the drumming, the vocals, everything amplifies itself in its own way, and everything is leveled out very nicely, in my opinion, and I feel like that this song is really good for during its time to actually have it on a Freddy vs. Jason soundtrack, and even though that I didn't really care for it or anything like that, I remember actually hearing it on the movie itself, and you actually do need to have, like I said before, a movie can be bad, but if you put the placement of the song in its where it needs to be at, it can amplify that experience. And for me personally, the fight scene between Freddy and Jason, whenever you hear that song, actually does amplify it. It does save the movie a little bit, but just for that one scene, just for that one five, ten minute scene of them fighting against each other and everything is, is actually pretty good. It's actually really raw. It's in your face. It's everything. Like I said, it's everything you want from a Slipknot album. I'm not from a Slipknot album, but from a soundtrack viewpoint when you're watching this movie. But anyways, that's how I feel about the soundtracks that Slipknot was actually on. They were actually on a couple of video games uh, soundtracks too, but I didn't really want to cover that because this is not a video game podcast or anything. This is actually a movie podcast. So I felt like if I'm going to do an album review for Slipknot, I need to go on ahead and do it by the soundtracks and do it that way. So anyways, I'm going to be talking about We Are Not Your Kind now. Now this album actually clocks in at an hour and four minutes of runtime. And it starts off with Insert Coin, which is actually an interlude for Unsainted. Now I'm going to say this. Sometimes interludes actually help an album. Sometimes it actually ends up amplifying the album. It actually sets the tone for the album, what it's going to be. And, also, and it also sets up for the very first song. Sometimes it's a hit and miss, sometimes it doesn't. This one actually hits the marker. It actually opens up and sets the tone for this album. It's a very good experimental thing what they're doing with the interludes with this album. It sets up the song and the pacing really good. So I feel like 
that part of the placement was really good. Unsainted is actually one of my favorite songs on there, even though it's been played over and over again on the radio for a single. I really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed the course of it. I really enjoyed how haunting it is. I really enjoyed the vocals on this album. You can still hear Corey's vocals being right on point, passionate, everything else that you need. When uh, Finn, the percussionist, left and quit or whatever happened to him and everything, I was wondering if they're going to actually have the same chemistry that they had and everything with all the other albums that they did. Even Corey Jordanson's presence and everything is not even missed in this album either. Yeah, he wasn't in um, he wasn't in the Grey album or anything like that, but still, you're wondering how this band is actually going to mature, how this band is actually going to proceed without having Finn as the percussionist and also Jordan, Joey Jordison too, because you're wondering how, if this chemistry is still going to be on set, if this chemistry is still going to work, because you have different people now in the place of other, other band members, is this going to work? Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't, but for them, it actually works in, in its favor. And it actually helps the album out a lot, in my opinion. But anyways, the next song I'm going to be talking about, that's actually a interlude. And that, that song is actually going to be something that I was not even expecting from a Slipknot album at all. Because of the fact that, you know, like I said, interludes can actually hit be hit or miss for the most part and everything. But... You know, I think that it can actually set up something very nicely. But before I get into that part, yeah, I'm making you wait a little bit. I'm going to be talking about Birth of the Cruel, which is also another single off this album. The Birth of the, uh, Birth of the Cruel is actually a good song. Yeah, I love the, like I said, it has a raw energy to it. The guitar riff is damn good, in my opinion. The the vocals is right on point. It's fast pacing. It's moving. It does not slow down at all. It's actually a little bit different than what Corey normally does, what Slipknot normally does. But sometimes different is good. Sometimes it actually works. And th- like I said, I think that it actually works well in its favor to where I can actually enjoy this movie, to, uh, not movie, but this song, to where I can headbang, be in a mosh pit and everything, and enjoy this with other fellow maggots. And be excited for this uh for the song whenever it's going to be played and but uh anyways now i'm going to get into this whole entire thing with the other interlude now that's right i'm actually going to be talking about death because of death and death because of death is kind of like a haunting kind of spooky setup for their next song and that's actually narrow forte but anyways, it's actually, the interlude for that sets it up good. I didn't feel like it was forced. I didn't feel like that something was missing off of that. There was nothing really off key with it. I thought it was really fascinating about how they actually did that whole entire interlude to set up for Nero Forte. And you know what? Nero Forte is actually well, probably closest to weight and bleed as you can get when you think about it. Because it's, like I said, it, with some of the other stuff... It's raw, it's in your face, it's fast pacing, it's fast moving. You can head bang with the song, you can actually be in a mosh pit with the song. It does not slow down. And then the drumming, the way the drumming is and everything for the song is just fantastically well executed. The anger, the 
everything that you want from a Slipknot song is in this song. And it's actually one of those songs for me where it's on constant repeat for me because of the fact that I like fast-paced songs. I like songs that I can headbang to. I like songs that I can actually, that's actually going to be in your face and can be remembered for the whole entire time that you're actually listening to this album, that you can actually go back and listen to it. And it's actually a really good song, and I can't stop listening to this song. It's on repeat every single time when I'm working out, when I'm working, and then also in my car. Nero Forte is one of my favorite songs off of this album. And like I said, whenever they started off with Unsainted, and then they also had Birth of the Cruel, this album does not slow down at all. It just keeps on moving. And I like albums that keep moving and everything and knows what it is and actually knows how they want to do something. This is actually a fantastic album, in my opinion. But anyways, the other, song, the other thing I'm going to be talking about is Critical Darling. And this is actually kind of different. It's a 6 minute and 25 minute song. And to be honest with you, it starts off kind of slow and then it kind of builds up towards the end. And, you know, I like the slow build of the song. I like how they, when you make a six minute song, you have to make it different. You have to have some type of experimental thing with it. You can't just let it have the same guitar riffs, the same melody, same stuff. You have to let it build and show the experimentation of what they're trying to do to make it sound differently. And they actually nailed it, in my honest opinion, when you look at Critical Darling. And, you know, I'm not going to say this is my favorite song off the album, but I like experimental stuff. I like six-minute long songs. I love long songs because of the fact that it shows there's creative side. It shows the experimental stuff that goes with it. And, you know, that's how I feel about that. I just think that it shows the creativeness with it. And that's... That's the bottom line. I'm just going to call it what it is. It's a very good experimental song. It's, it's slow pacing at first, and then once you get into the middle, it kind of winds up building up to where it's going to be a little bit faster, a little bit of more of Corey's passion, a little bit more of his vocals and his pain in the song itself. And that's what I liked about about that song. But like I said, this is not one of my favorite songs off the album, but I, I you know what? I can actually appreciate critical darling a lot and another one which i have is called a liar's funeral this is more of a slow song more of a ballad if you think about it now i'm not sure if this song is relating to stuff that with uh, paul gray about what people have done to his gravestone or anything like that but or it's just related to when someone dies and how fake people are whenever somebody dies and they're spinning on the grave of someone that died. I don't know if that has anything to do with it or not, but I love the slow pace of the song. I love the pain. I love the emotion in it. I like whenever they start slowing down a little bit because that also shows their creative side too. And this song actually uh, clocks in at 5 minutes and 27 minutes long. And... For them to actually experiment with this, this actually kind of reminds me of Snuff in a couple of ways because it's actually a slow down tune and I enjoyed A Liar's Funeral a lot and it's actually one of those songs that I can actually listen to over and over again. And, you know, I'm not going to go as far as saying this is my, this is one of the best songs off the album. Absolutely not. But they were able to do something different and I actually like it. I actually enjoyed this song a lot. And it's haunting, it's dark, it's 
it's really good. If you haven't seen a lot, if you haven't heard Elias' funeral, I recommend you go check that one out. But it's, it's it has a nice little build to it. It's pretty good. Uh, the next song that I'm going to be talking about is Red Flag. For me, Red Flag and everything is actually a good song. It's got that raw energy, good, uh, high quality uh, energy to where you can headbang, where you can actually go on ahead and be in the mosh pit. The guitar riffs is really good. The drumming is good in it and stuff like that. I really enjoy it. As a matter of fact, I have that song on repeat whenever I'm listening to, uh, when I'm actually listening to Nero Forte. And that's actually another song that I actually listen to whenever I'm working out, whenever I get pumped up, whenever I'm excited, whenever it has that raw energy to it. I really enjoyed that song. And so Red Flag is actually really good, in my opinion. And there's nothing that I can't say that's bad about the song or anything like that because I enjoy it. So I'm just going to go on ahead go into the next one, next song. And that's called What's Next? And get this, this is only a 53-second song. It's actually another interlude. Let me tell you something. It's the, the way they set it up for what's next, and then they put it in for spy, the song Spiders, it will give you goosebumps because of how scary the interlude actually is and how it sets up for that song and how it sets up for the tone of that song because of the fact that I can't believe how dark, how ominous that setup is. And then once you get into Spires and everything, dude, I'm, I'm just going to be honest and everything. It has like a nightmarish kind of feel to it. I can actually see Freddy doing something with spiders. I can actually, it's just nightmares in general. There's just something spooky about it and everything. And, you know, it gives you goosebumps. Matter of fact, I'm having goosebumps right now off of it, just talking about it. But Spiders is actually a good song. It's actually a good experimental song that we haven't gotten to hear from Slipknot at all before. And to actually, for them to put something that's kind of scary, kind of spooky, kind of gives you the creepy crawlies feeling and everything, they do a really damn good job with this song. And I'm... And... You know, I felt Corey's presence in this song. I felt, I, I, I felt really horrified listening to the song, and it's actually a good kind of horrified feeling and everything because of the fact of how spooky the song is. And if you can't feel some type of emotion when you're listening to something, then you're not really caring about the whole product itself or anything like that. You want to feel some type of feeling whenever you listen to songs, and I can actually feel that with Spiders. So, the next song I'm going to be talking about is Orphan. Orphan is raw. It's in your face. It reminds me of Iowa. It reminds me of the self-titled album for Slipknot. And, yes, it might have a little bit of experimental feeling to it, too. But, man, this song does not slow down. Corey's anger in the song is really good. Not only that, but you can hear his emotions and everything else in the song. It's fantastically well executed. It's perfectly well placed. perfectly well balanced. This song is also on repeat for me. This is actually one of my favorite songs on the album. And, man, I, I really enjoyed it because I can actually headbang to it. I can actually go to a headbanging. I can headbang to it. I can headbang with my friends. I can go on ahead, go into a mosh pit, and just let out all my energy on the song. It is raw. It's in your face. It's everything. Like I, I know I said this before, but it's everything you want in a Slipknot song. It's everything that you need 
to set up for a Slipknot, for a Slipknot album. And the drumming, the guitar, and also the guitar riffs is very spot on. And if you don't hear that in everything, you might be listening to something else. <clears throat> but for me, it worked. It worked perfectly well. And then I'm going to be talking about the song after that. And it's called My Pain. My Pain is actually pretty decent. The clock's in at 6 minutes and 48 minutes long. And matter of fact, the next three songs, that song and the next two songs are actually six minutes long. And what I have to say is this. My Pain is actually pretty decent and everything. It's not one of my favorites. But hey, I like when bands try something new. Either it can hit or it can miss. For me... It just didn't hit the marker for me, in my opinion. I just was not expecting it to be what I thought it was going to be. But if you guys like my pain, that's cool. I just didn't care for it as a song. And then, Not Long For This World is actually one of my favorite songs on the album. It's, uh, it has a snuff kind of feel to it for All Hope Is Gone. And it's actually a really good song. And I really like it when Corey uses his vocal points to actually express how he feels in a slower-paced ballad and everything. And also, he uses a little bit of his raw, vo- uh, raw in-your-face vocals as well to mix the two together. And it, it balances itself out to where it's a perfectly well-balanced song. And Slow Wave Fur, Firth. That, that song, you might as well just say, is a six-minute song because it clocks in at five minutes and 55 minutes, seconds long. And this song is actually finishes off the album, and it finishes off the album very nicely. It's not forced. It's very good. And I think that this whole album is actually a great album. It's a great Slipknot album. I can't tell you how many times I haven't really skipped anything over this whole, this thing at all. I really thought that they did a fantastic job in taking their time with what they have. With um, We Are Not Your Kind, I enjoy this album a lot. This is actually going to be one of those albums that I can remember from t- over periods of time whenever they release their next album. And, you know, I have no placement for how I like each album because each album is differently. They evolve differently. The Grey is probably not going to be... It's probably going to be dead last if I was to do that, but I'm not going to do that because, you know, I'm all about about experimentation and everything and about how they could actually work and how it can't work. But anyways, that's my review for We Are Not Your Kind.